This episode of the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast is brought to you by Inside Tracker. For this holiday season, you can visit insidetracker.com slash fitcookie for $200 off your ultimate plan plus a free inner age and 25% off store-wide. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the show where it's just going to be me. We're going to do a solo episode today on off-season nutrition and training. Now, I know a lot of you probably just finished your goal race season. Maybe it went swimmingly and maybe it didn't go so great. But regardless, we are going to talk about what's next and what to do in the off-season. So I want to kind of divide this episode between nutrition-related off-season tips and also more training-related off-season tips since um, I did a Q&A box on my Instagram stories and you guys seem to ask questions mostly in those two different categories. So first, let's talk about nutrition for the off-season. So if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, you know I've talked a lot about nutrition for the on season. So what to do to carbo load, what to do to train your body to take and fuel on your long runs, how to fuel your long runs, what to eat before and after your runs, and what that all looks like during the part of your life when you are very much in training and not in an off season. Um, One of the questions I actually got um, on my Instagram box was, is there ever really an off season? And she also said, you know, or maybe I'm overtraining something along those lines. And, you know, off season is going to look different for everyone. So while again, as you know, what I talk about in this episode, you know, will come with a huge asterisk of it depends. And also this is not individualized advice. I am not your dietitian, although I am a dietitian, unless of course you're one of my clients listening to this and we already work together. But Know that everyone's off season is going to look a little different, but it's super important to take off seasons. In a different episode this year, I talked about rest days and why those are important from a microcycle perspective. So just, you know, week to week in training and also how rest periods are important on a macro cycle. Um, So, you know, to transition into the nutrition segment of this, you know, I'm going to assume that by an off season, we're meaning maybe a period of time where you maybe aren't training with like a specific race on the calendar in mind. Um, You know, you're not really looking at any specific goals that are in the short term. Maybe you've still got bigger long term goals. Maybe you have a race, you know, in several months um, that you're kind of thinking about, but the off season for this purpose kind of is just, all right, I just finished a training cycle and I'm taking a moment (laughs) of recovery before starting to think about what's next. So that being said, that means that in some people's off seasons, they might not run or exercise very much. Maybe they're taking a break uh, for mental reasons or maybe for physical reasons if they're, you know, needing to reevaluate their training because of an injury or something like that. Maybe you're taking an off season because you just gave birth or because you're coming back postpartum, or maybe you're on, you know, rest because you are pregnant, um, just to kind of draw a light on those populations as well. Maybe you've had surgery. Those types of things can also, of course, indicate an off season. So everyone's off season is going to look a little different is my main point. And when I talk about how to fuel the off season, 
it is still going to depend upon how much exercise and how much activity um, and how hard that activity is for you relative to that moment, you know, not compared to what you've done in the past or what, you know, Susie on Instagram is doing, but those are going to really impact how you should be feeling. (laughs) So that's that big, it depends asterisk, which you guys know will probably be written on my gravestone one day since I say it very often, but it really does depend. So to put that into context for you, so you can apply some of this to yourself. When we think about, you know, our day-to-day training, whether that is off-season training or on-season training in a training cycle, when we think about activity levels, if you're someone where you're exercising for about, you know, 30 minutes a day or less, and it's not like a HIIT workout where it's super high intensity, it's just maybe you go for a 20-minute run, um, you know, at an easy pace. Maybe you're going for like a 30-minute walk with the dog. Maybe you're doing a light yoga session. You know, it's something that's not super intense and it's relatively short. You know, it's it's less than 30 minutes long. Those types of days are going to require you to have more, you know, of a need to have a little bit more vegetables and protein on your plate. And you're going to need basically a little bit less carbohydrate. Now, If we are scaling up those workouts, maybe we are exercising between 30 and like 90 minutes per day. Maybe it's a moderate intensity. So it's like, you know, something a bit harder. Um, Or maybe it's like a specific running workout, like tempo or 800s on the track, something like that. Or maybe it's just a 60 minute easy run. You know, we're kind of talking about duration just for general purposes here, because it is going to you know, depend a little bit um, person to person, depending on what type of workout you're doing. But generally speaking, 30 to 90 minutes, you're going to want to increase that carb and protein content on your plate and probably decrease the vegetable content a little bit. You're going to require just a little bit more energy, a little bit more calories in general, if you are exercising more, that makes sense, right? And from where we get most of our energy from carbohydrates and fat, you know, you're probably going to want to increase those macronutrients, which makes sense. Those macronutrients contribute to our calorie goals. So about a third of your plate, it's probably going to come from carbs since that's our main fuel source. About a third of your plate is probably going to come from protein because we're also going to have to do a little bit better of a job recovering from that slightly harder or slightly longer duration workout. And about a third of our plate could come from vegetables. So we're kind of scaling up from the easy day training, which is 30 minutes or less, where half of our plate's vegetables, the others split into quarters, generally speaking, to everything's in thirds. Vegetables, a little bit less important, but they're still there, um, you know, and protein and carbohydrates increase. And then your fat is important as an energy source on there as well. And then when we talk about a hard day training plate from general purpose, If we're doing anything over like 90 minutes long, even if it's easy effort, you know, if it's 90 minutes in duration, that's a hard day. Or if it's even um, over 60 minutes, but it's like a hard effort, um, you know, if you're kind of talking about like a 60 minute tempo run where the entire effort's pretty challenging, uh, or we're in the middle of like a high volume training cycle, even if you're taking a rest day, but we have back-to-back hard workouts around that rest day. So that rest day is really a placeholder for recovering from the day before and also trying to prepare our body for the next day. 
If that's the case, you know, then we're using this hard day training plate where about half of the plate or more is coming from carbohydrates because that's our main fuel source and we need more fuel to fuel our bodies for more activity and to top off our glycogen stores. Maybe about a quarter is coming from protein and a quarter or nothing is coming from vegetables on those hard training days because again, the vegetables just aren't going to be quite as useful for us. They're, they're going to give us some micronutrients, which is great, but we can also get those micronutrients from carbohydrates, especially plant-based sources. Um, and you know, we're not going to get much calories from vegetables. So they become less significant as a part of our diet, the more active we are. They're still there, but probably not as much on those specific hard workout days or hard workout weeks. <laughs> um, so in the off season, you know, depending on what your duration of activity looks like, if you're someone where, you know, maybe the week after, let's just use a marathon, for instance, since that's probably what a lot of you are coming off of a half or full marathon, especially um, the first week, I always tell my clients, you know, and tell myself too, the first week after a race, like, relax, <laughs> like take away the structure, eat the foods that you want to eat, you know, eat to satisfy your hunger. You know, a lot of the times we might be resting quite a bit that week and not doing a ton of activity, but we might be more hungry, which can be disconcerting if you're not used to fueling your body properly and honoring your hunger. But it's really something you should pay attention to your body's trying to get you to eat more energy so that you can recover faster from that traumatic event, essentially. So that first week back, eat the foods you want to eat, recover. If you're missing any foods that you weren't having during like carbo loading week, you know, maybe you're like, oh, God, I really want a salad. Or I really want, you know, the Thai food that I was kind of afraid to have because I didn't want it to upset my stomach before the race. You know, if there's anything that you're like, I just want that freaking have it. Like this is the time, you know, you can have these foods at any time, but if you're kind of coming from a functional standpoint of, I don't want to have a ton of fiber or questionable foods that might upset my stomach. And I want to stay, you know, I want to keep my gut happy <laughs> for race day. So you've kind of been intentionally altering your nutrition in a, in a short temporary mindset around that. Well, now you can have it, you know, just take away some of the structure, try to eat, you know, regularly throughout the day, still nourish your body, but don't pay attention too much to like, oh my gosh, how much of my plate is supposed to come from carbs and how much of my plate is don't pay attention to that the first week, just focus on eating, honoring your hunger, and maybe taking advantage of some of the foods that you miss and that you want to have and are craving. Now, after we've recovered from our race and we're kind of getting back into maybe a reverse taper, which I'll talk about in the second part of this episode, or maybe we're getting back into some sort of training cycle for a different goal, or maybe we're just getting back into exercise in general. And it is totally different than what we were doing, you know, during our training. Maybe you're like, I don't really want to run that much, but you know, I do want to go to bar class and I do want to lift weights and maybe I want to do some yoga. And you're kind of just getting into general fitness without a specific goal in mind. Or maybe you do have a specific goal in mind, but it's oriented towards a different sport than running. Then you're going to want to start adjusting your nutrition, whatever it is, to fuel your body for that specific goal or for that specific type of training. So using the plates that I talked about at the beginning of this episode per day, you know, maybe look through your week and say, all right, what days 
Am I going to be doing less than 30 minutes of activity? And then for my meal planning purposes, just to have things planned ahead so that I don't go hungry, maybe I tend to have more easy day training plates on those days. But if I'm going to do, you know, an hour and a half spin class, that's still basically 90 minutes of endurance activity. So that I got to treat that like a hard day. So I'm going to do hard day training plate on that day and maybe the night before to prepare for it. So that's how I would structure the macronutrients and different components of your plate for the off season. Now, generally speaking, I know a lot of runners tend to gravitate more towards speed and strength in the off season. And maybe that looks like their workouts are a bit shorter, but more intense um, or just different (laughs) from a strength standpoint. And that's where I would really emphasize, you know, still get your carbohydrate timing right around your workout. Like we've talked about in previous episodes, still get your carbohydrate and protein timing good for after your workouts. And then maybe for the rest of your days, that's where you focus on maybe adding more protein and vegetables to your plate. The carbohydrates are still absolutely there, but maybe the protein and veg are something that you could focus on from you know, a standpoint of the plate for that type of training. Um, If you are doing more like power and strength training, you know, protein does become a bit more um, important just in terms of allowing your body to recover properly. If building muscle mass is one of your goals, you're trying to gain lean body mass to get all the good benefits from that. You know, again, protein is going to become a bit more important um, for you to get during your meals and snacks. Carbs, still definitely important, especially around your workout and the timing of them, but structuring your plates to support whatever type of training you're doing is what I would focus on in the off season. I would also really encourage you to focus on maybe checking in with your blood work. You know, what, what is, you know, kind of coming out in the wash from maybe a hard training cycle and a hard race what are you doing good with? What do you need to pick up the pieces on and maybe, you know, supplement a little bit differently or gear your food and your eating towards to fill in any discrepancies in your blood work. Check in with micronutrient deficiencies, things we've talked about in previous episodes and get a a good assessment there. I always encourage athletes to like, if you feel great, take a picture of your blood work, like go get your blood work taken and snapshot what it looks like for you inside to feel great (laughs) and keep, you know, trying to replicate that throughout the rest of your training and think of it as a moving target. Same thing. If you're not feeling great, you know, after a race or a training cycle, that's a really good time too to get your blood work checked. Just test, don't guess, just get it tested. Um, and see why you're not feeling great. Because oftentimes, there can be biomarkers like creatine kinase or HC, um, HSCRP, you know, C-reactive protein that are elevated still because you're just still trying to recover from a race. So that kind of gives you the hindsight to say, or the foresight rather to say, okay, I should still take it easy for these next few weeks, my body's still trying to recover. Or, you know, also you could say, oh, maybe my ferritin's low. Maybe my vitamin D is low. Maybe my vitamin B12 is low. (laughs) Maybe, you know, my cortisol is really high. Maybe I'm not managing my blood sugar as well. Those are all good things to test too. If you're not feeling that great, or if you're feeling like, I feel that I should be recovered by now. It's been a couple of weeks since my race, but I still feel like I'm in the trench. Those are some good biomarkers to check. And in previous episodes, I've talked about, ways that I like to do this with my clients and with myself as well. 
So this feels like a really good time to thank our sponsor for today's episode, which is Inside Tracker. You guys, if you are, you know, old seasoned listeners of the podcast have probably heard me talk about Inside Tracker before, but it is my favorite tool to use with my clients and with myself just to test that blood work we were just talking about. And this holiday season, Inside Tracker wants you to know that the best gifts are personal, and there's nothing more personal than the gift of good health, which I can definitely appreciate and vouch for. Whether your loved one runs, bikes, hikes, plays sports, or simply wants to improve their wellness, Inside Tracker is the most personalized way to make sure their body stays in it for the long haul. Gift cards and clothes can be impersonal and expected. So why not give your loved ones a gift that is truly special and unique to them that, again, helps them with their unique health? And this Black Friday, save $200 on Inside Tracker's Ultimate Plan, plus get a free inner age, the most comprehensive way to get personalized insight into their body's well-being. Or heck, take advantage of this offer for yourself, too. <laughs> no two people achieve optimal health the same way. Age, genes, nutrition, and lifestyle all play a part. But no matter who you're shopping for, Inside Tracker's personalized nutrition and performance system provides the most detailed analysis of their biomarker data from blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness tracking. Inside Tracker gives them the power to live a longer, healthier life through concrete, personalized action plans consisting of proven science-backed recommendations. So I want you guys to head over to insidetracker.com slash fit cookie or check out the link in the show notes today to save $200 on their ultimate plan plus a free inner age test. And you can also enjoy 25% off site-wide to give the gift of personalized health, whether again, it's a self-gift or it's to a loved one. And this can be a really good time too to check in with your blood work for your off-season. Now let's get back to the episode. All right. So diving back into other things to think about from a off-season nutrition standpoint, this is also a really good time to try different fueling tactics. So if you're like, I want to try a different gel or a different pre-workout you know, concoction, I don't mean like pre-workout supplements, but I mean like a different food to have pre-workout or I wanna start training my gut better to handle more food, or I need to address my relationship with food, or I need to take some downtime to work on eating enough food. <laughs> um, you know, if I wanna try different protein powders, different supplements, this is a really good time to do that because there's nothing on the line, right? There's no crunch time. You don't have to like have everything lined up perfectly, you know, on a specific date for your race. So this is also a really good time to play around with different products for a nutrition standpoint. You know, maybe you're looking at some anti-inflammatory type things um, or maybe some specific vitamins and minerals to go with whatever blood work you're doing or maybe specific sports nutrition supplements. Um, something I will say here, and I'm going to actually, spoiler alert, I'm going to do a whole micronutrient series and supplement series on the podcast talking about you know, individual nutrients like vitamin D, vitamin B12, and that kind of thing in depth. But something I will say as a caveat, if you're looking for different supplements or different brands to try, two things to look for. Look for supplements that are third-party tested. So they either have the NSF 
or informed choice seals on them, which basically are two sports nutrition seals that say what is listed in the ingredients list of this product and on the nutrition facts panel is actually what is in this product. There is nothing else in this product. There are no banned substances and the amounts are all accurate. And it's been third-party tested there's quality control standards to make sure that's the case because supplements, you guys, are not regulated by the FDA like medications or food are. So it's a bit of a free-for-all out there. So if you are taking the time to try different supplements, use ones that are dietitian approved. <laughs> Look for those two seals. I'm also going to leave a link to my full script dispensary in the show notes. And again, they're not sponsoring this, but that is what I use um, to get supplements for my clients and for myself. It is just a platform for healthcare providers to use to recommend safe supplements at a discount. So um, again, don't buy your supplements from Amazon. They can be tampered with. <laughs> There's a lot of uncertified Amazon sellers that tamper with supplements in order to make them cheaper um, and also may contain fillers or scary stuff like Viagra and your probiotics. No one needs that. So I'll leave that link in my show notes as well. So you can get a discount on any new supplements you might try in the off season. Now, looking at other components of the off-season. So let's dive into the training aspect and talk about that now that we've kind of summed up what to focus on from a nutrition standpoint. So back to the first question about is there ever really an off-season? There should be. So you guys, you should really be taking off like a week from running um, or a week in general, like once or twice a year, you know, at minimum, if not more. Even the pros are doing it. You know, we're going to hear from some professional athletes on the podcast who talk about the off season as well and taking rest days and not overtraining and what the difference is there. You should really be taking some sort of a rest from running, you know, at least twice a year. I recommend taking a week off per six months of training. Um, so yeah, there should be an off season at some point. <laughs> you shouldn't just be perpetually in marathon training. Now, you know, you can also do things like, you know, take a recovery week after a goal race and then jump back into a reverse taper and sign yourself up for a goal race that's very shortly after your first goal race. And, you know, do some back-to-backs that way. But that shouldn't really be the rule. That should be the exception. That should be something you are doing only every once in a while and have trained for and have experience with and have the capacity to do. You should not do it if you're injured. Take that from Des Linden. She is the master of this. She has jumped into so many different races back-to-back and done it well and also stepped back when she needs to give her body a break or pulled out of things when it doesn't feel right. And she's a professional athlete. So if she can do that when her job is on the line, so can you, recreational runner. So yeah, there absolutely should be an off-season. So when I talk about a reverse taper, just to cover that real quick, that's basically when you take a period of time off from after your race. So maybe you do a marathon, and then you take a week totally off. Um, and for most people running marathons, I do recommend taking a week totally off from everything. You could do some light walking or maybe some gentle stretching, some light swimming, low impact stuff. But I recommend just taking the week off for the most part. Some light activity might help you recover a bit faster. So you're not just like dormant on the couch. But sometimes being dormant on the couch is what you got to do for mental health. And that's okay. Um, 
And then I do recommend, you know, a lot of beginner marathoners also take a second week off from running and maybe start to get back into some cross training or some strength or a little bit more structured workouts that week and then take their first run about 10 to 14 days after their marathon. If you're more experienced, if you've got a couple marathons under your belt, you'd probably be okay with taking a week off of running and then starting to get back into it gently um, the second week. But the reverse taper is essentially when we do start running again, you reverse taper. So the week before your marathon, that's kind of what you would maybe try to do in the week that you come back after running the marathon when you start running again. So maybe you did like a 20 minute shakeout run, you know, right before your race. So you do a 20 minute shakeout run as your first run back one to two weeks later. And then you know, thinking about the week before again, maybe you did like a 40 minute run with some strides. So maybe that's something you try to do the next run. And then maybe you remember your last long run was about eight to 10 miles. So that's what you're going to try to do is your first long run, um, you know, coming back after taking that period of time off and then reverse tapering, you know, going up. So then you would mimic the second week of your taper and then the third week of your taper. And then you can kind of get back into averaging together what your peak weeks looked like and trying to run that mileage each week after you have reverse tapered, assuming that you are responding to that well, you're recovering well. Um, And I definitely wouldn't incorporate any speed work or any quality sessions within like three to six weeks after your marathon, again, depending on how experienced you are. Um, I would just do all easy running. It's typically what's recommended. And then you can start to get back into some quality sessions, you know, three to six weeks after. But the caveat here is listen to your body and listen to your mind. If you're like, I do not want to do speed work, I have no desire and I'm not ready. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, After some marathons, I've done easy running for months before getting back into speed work. Like, six to eight months is what I'm talking, um, before I've just felt like I wanted to do it. And that's okay. That's the beauty of the off season or of the base building season. Now, when we talk about the other components of this, if you are like, I really don't want to (laughs) run, um, after you do your race and you don't want to do a reverse taper to get back into training, you know, Ponder, ponder what sounds good. What are your goals? Are your goals just to kind of do general fitness for a while so that you get your mojo back and you get your excitement back for running? Because there is nothing wrong with that. Again, to use Des London as an example, she took months off from running when she thought she was going to quit the sport right before she got back into it and won Boston. (laughs) So again, this is a really, really good strategy if you're feeling mentally burnt out or even physically burnt out from running, or if there's a medical reason why you need to take a break. Um, but think about what sounds good. Does cross training sound good? Do you want to take specific classes? Are you trying to learn a new skill or a new sport? Maybe that is where you ponder how to go about doing that in the off season. And if you're not sure, hiring a coach with that specific expertise to guide you in the right direction, depending on what sport you're training for or what you're wanting to do or how you're wanting to maybe incorporate cross training into your running schedule or different things into your running schedule. That can be really helpful. Again, we should focus on being well-rounded athletes that specialize in running. Um, So the off season can often be about becoming that well-rounded athlete and doing different things that make you stronger in your weaknesses. So maybe that's more strength training. Maybe that is, you know, different type of running. So maybe we're doing more short speed work. If we just did marathon training, maybe we're doing trail running, you know, maybe we're doing something different. 
Or maybe we're doing just a different form of cardio that's lower impact on our body. Maybe we are doing a different sport that makes us well-rounded. And the off season is a great time to do that because you can prioritize those things instead of your running with the long-term priority still being your running or your general health. Um, someone asked, you know, how much do people usually run in an off season or do people cross train? And then the same person asked, how much strength training should you incorporate in an off season? And there were a lot of different varieties of that question. Um, so generally speaking, you know, again, if you are a well-rounded athlete who specializes in running, you know, your priority is running. You should be running most of the time. And if you can't or don't want to incorporate cross training, you know, some of those days too, like swimming or elliptical biking. Um, you know, I don't necessarily mean like CrossFit, Orange Theory, like I don't mean those types of cross training. I mean, things that mimic running cardio, um, in a steady state or in a controlled fashion and not so much those like multi-sport classes, but strength training, that's something we should be doing two to three times a week all the time, <laughs> um, as runners. And if that's something that you really lack doing during your training cycles or that you want to become better at now is the time to make that a practice, you know, maybe incorporate two strength days per week, two full body, you know, lifts per week in your off season. And then if you can get up to three, and if you can really kind of focus on progressing your movements and progressing your weights and getting stronger in the off season. And again, this is going to take like, you know, six to 12 weeks plus to see results of consistency. Um, you know, then that is something you can really do in your off season to set you up for success when you do want to start training for something again, because that strength is there going to help your running um, and injury prevention. Maybe you've strengthened some imbalances and focused on PT during your off season as a part of that strength training. And it's also going to set you up for success in terms of it being a habit. So maybe you, you know, you know, the gym you go to now, you know, the movements that make you feel good, you kind of understand how to put workouts together. Um, and then you're going to be able to just, you know, adapt that to support your more intensive run training when the time comes because it's already a habit. So the off season is about making the time to do those things that we didn't necessarily have time or energy to do, but we want to do, or we know we should do <laughs> during the bulk of our peak training. So that's something I'd recommend if you're not currently strength training or you slacked <laughs> on it, um, you know, get back into it or get started at two to three days per week and make that a really consistent habit. I do, again, if you're like, I don't really know where to start, <laughs> I do recommend following a structured plan or hiring a coach in some form or fashion or looking at a physical therapist if you're wanting to really support your running with it. Those are all things I'd recommend. I am going to have something really exciting coming out um, through the holiday season on strength training for runners. So stay tuned for that. That's all I'll share for now. But if you're like, I need a plan, don't worry, just wait. <laughs> um, so looking at the off season, we really want to focus on adjusting our nutrition to support our future goals, want to focus on what the heck those goals even are, <laughs> and what our big picture why is. And then we want to structure our training to also support those goals. So I'd really focus on injury prevention, taking a break if you need to and recovery, and also strengthening those weaknesses um, and keeping it interesting for your mind. <laughs> That's also super important. I hope you enjoyed this episode today and got some valuable info and direction out of it so that you can take it and apply it to your off season this year. 
and maybe start to build a strong foundation for whatever goals are coming down your way next. Thank you to Inside Tracker for sponsoring our episode today and giving us a killer Black Friday deal. So make sure you guys go take advantage of that before it expires at the link in the show notes. And of course, to know that if you are like loving this podcast, <laughs> um, you know, and you want to support the podcast and you want to support me so I can keep doing episodes and giving you guys free info, interviewing cool guests and having some of those opportunities to share with you. Um, if you could leave me a rating and review, I would really appreciate it. It just helps the podcast gain more traction, uh, reach more people and gives me more credibility when I'm looking for sponsors like inside tracker. Um, and then they want to work with me and then they give you discounts, (laughs) which is great. So if you want to go write a five-star rating and review, I would really appreciate it. Or just share, share the podcast, share it on social media, tag me, tell me what you want to hear next or what you liked hearing about in recent episodes. And of course, any constructive feedback is always welcome as well. If you want to send me a message on that, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. You guys, I hope you are having a great holiday season and off season. If that's where you're at and until next time, happy running. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.